Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Joshua, where can people uh, get copies of the more than 20 books that you've written over the years? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Rob. Uh, you know, the best thing to do is just go to joshuapwarren.com and you'll find a menu there where you can click on books or I have a curiosity shop with all kinds of uh, weird stuff that you won't find anywhere else. <laughs> and then, of course, I also have got uh, my big event coming up in, in Vegas. Um, this is the, a one-time only event. It's going to be this May. Uh, only 100 tickets will be sold. Okay. It's at the MGM Excalibur Hotel on the Vegas Strip. Uh, you'll find a link there on my website. It's three days to teach what I call how to hack reality. The event's called Finding Your Magic. And uh, here's what that really means. I am a very vivid dreamer. Uh, when I go to sleep immediately, I start having all of these very clear dreams. And most of the time, I don't know I'm dreaming. But uh, once in a while, I do realize I'm dreaming. And at that point, I can control the dream. Right. And that, of course, is called lucid dreaming. Yep. And I have come to the conclusion that we are all dreaming right now, that everybody listening to this program is in another type or form of that dream. And once you realize that, you'll be amazed at how much you can sort of control. And so people have been trying to do that with different methods, like, oh, well, some people try to use, say, a wishing machine, and they say, well, I don't like things with knobs. And then somebody else says, oh, yeah, I prefer to use a magic wand or whatever. And then somebody says, well, none of that works for me. I've tried everything. Nothing has ever worked. And I started studying people over 20 years ago, and I had an aha moment where I realized that if I surveyed different types of people who have success with this stuff and people who don't mm -hmm. and I match it up with personality tests and you know Western astrology and Eastern astrology and all that I came up with 12 different types of people and 12 different techniques that you could match up that works incredibly well for everybody and so I'm going to demonstrate this at this event in Vegas uh, we're going to do live hands-on exercises. We're going to have a fun time with all of these like-minded people. Also, I'm going to have Dr. John Alexander there, one of the men who stares at goats, and he's going to talk about remote viewing and telekinesis. I actually have some strange crash debris from Roswell that has never been presented to the public, and I'm going to put that out there and let people play with it. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but... It's coming up soon. Again, there's only 100 tickets because I want everybody to have a real personal, hands-on, fun experience. And so there's a lot packed in there. But, uh, again, if you go to youwillmanifest.com, you can get all the details. And maybe I'll get to hang out and have fun in Vegas with some of uh, your listeners there. All right. So that's at www.youwillmanifest.com. And it's, th it's a three-day event, right? That's right. Yeah, it's three days, and it's uh, it's it's fun and exercises and hanging out with a lot of cool people. And I I consider this to be a life changing event, but it is a one time deal. Super, and uh, once again, Exonation. You can find out all about that at www.youwillmanifest.com. Just getting back to the Bermuda Triangle. You know, the Bermuda Triangle was one of the most mysterious zones in history for a long time. Uh, are we any closer to understanding what the mystery or what the man behind the curtain of the Bermuda Triangle is? I think so, and I think the real key is gravity. Because you have a lot of paranormal investigator types who are running around measuring electromagnetic fields, mm -hmm. electrostatic phenomena. They're looking into the infrared and ultraviolet, etc. But not many people are studying gravity. However, if you go on the internet and you look up, say, NASA Earth gravity maps, you'll find these maps that are color-coded that illustrate the inconsistency of Earth's gravitational field. In other words, places where the field is weak are blue, and places where it's stronger will be orange or even red. And if you look at this entire area that we call the Bermuda Triangle, it's extremely blue. In fact, the island of Puerto Rico is so blue 
It's so dark blue, you can't even see it on the gravity map. And so uh, I noticed that a lot of places where paranormal activity occur have weaker gravitational fields. And yet if you go to areas that have sacred sites, mm-hmm. temples, cathedrals, pyramids, you find the opposite. Right. A well, stronger aren't most, gravitational field. Aren't most of these uh, cathedrals, pyramids, and so on, aren't they on ley lines? Well, yes, that's another thing. Uh, you know, the ley lines are are sort of controversial because they are subjectively mm-hmm. measured. You know, there's right. no no way of objectively saying, well, here's a ley line. But these are certainly uh, dots that you can connect mm-hmm. uh, based upon human experience all around the world. And and you've got you know people like ourselves, Rob, who uh, sometimes like to run in the wrong direction. In other words, you're supposed to run away from ghosts, but we like to run yeah, toward them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that wasn't always the case in ancient times. People didn't want to see ghosts. They were afraid of that. And it would make sense that they would avoid places that had a lot of paranormal activity. And they would go to places that had less activity and they would build their, their sacred places. And so I believe that there is a key to understanding paranormal phenomena in relationship to gravitational fields. And the weak gravity we have here in the Bermuda Triangle may be a major clue as to why that we have this level of flexibility between dimensions Mm -hmm. and the ability for these things to sort of shift back and forth between our reality and other realities. Based on all the years that you've been dabbling in so many wonderful things, what to you is the most mysterious, mind-baffling phenomena that you have come across? Well, you know, that's a, a fantastic question. It's a very difficult question for me to answer, but I will say that... Um, uh, when it comes to something practical, and I'm talking about, yes, we could always say, like, well, where did God come from, or what's the meaning of life? And you could say all those oh, things. Yeah, but sure. when, when it comes to something practical, I think the placebo effect is mm-hmm. pretty darn amazing. It is. Um, that's something that we all agree exists. It doesn't matter if you are a hardened scientist who believes in nothing except the material world, or if you believe in a spiritual realm, uh, the placebo effect is proof that sometimes the mind can just manifest things miraculously. And to me, that is an area that needs much more intensive research. In your opinion, where does the subject of ghosts fit in, the entire realm of the paranormal? Well, you know, ghosts are real at very least in terms of the human experience. People see these things, and sometimes they are able to capture evidence, as I have, that coincides with those experiences that seems to be too much for coincidence. So Mm -hmm. there are different types of ghosts. Sometimes, and I think most of the time, we are actually just seeing some type of information that's recorded into the environment by means we don't understand. It's very much like how that, um, say, some kind of data might be recorded into a passive RFID chip that sort of suddenly awakens under certain circumstances and is able to send that information back. Um, and so if, if we think of the fact that cosmologists and astrophysicists tell us that all time is happening at once, past, present, and future, then that means in some regard, everything that ever happens must be recorded somehow in what's around us. So most of these so-called ghosts are just sort of almost like... Um, holograms that can be accessed sometimes by the human mind and sometimes by a recording device and sometimes both. But then occasionally you have what we think of as entities. And and these are literally, just like you and I are, uh, the conscious part, uh, something that is able to retain an identity regardless of the physical form. And those are much rarer, but you certainly occasionally have these encounters where people come into contact with a person or a being that seems to be interactive and aware, but um, is not 
within the same plane that we are. And so we're dealing with most of the time, a combination of those two things, the recordings, the environment, like watching a big 3d IMAX movie that, that looks real, but doesn't have a, a, a conscious brain versus stumbling into, you know, the real person once in a while. And, uh, it's, it's a very fascinating topic, but I really believe that those are the most basic ways of breaking it down. Joshua, we've got about 30 seconds before we can we have to say so long for tonight. First of all, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us this exclusive report from Puerto Rico. Let our listeners know how they can find out about you, your event in May, and where you can where they can buy your books. Well, thank you very much, Rob. And, you know, again, as always, it is a great pleasure to be with you. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, the basic thing to do is go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com. You'll find a menu there that will take you to the books. You'll find a link to the event in May at top. Uh, and uh, I have a curiosity shop, all kinds of things. You can spend hours there. There's even a section called the Gallery of the Strange there you that go. will take you down so many wormholes. It's pretty crazy. Joshua, take care of yourself on all your travels and all your adventures, and I truly look forward to the next time you join us back here in the X-Zone. Until then, my friend, thank you so much. Take care, and regards to the missus. All right. Thank you, Rob. Take care, Joshua. X-Zone Nation, Joshua P. Warren has been my guest this hour www.joshuapwarren.com and www.are you ready? You will manifest.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour here in the X Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
Joshua P. Warren is our special guest, and we're talking about we're talking about the the events prior to the hurricane hitting Puerto Rico a couple of months ago, and the aftermath, as well as the Bermuda Triangle. Now, once again, if you'd like more information on Joshua, www.joshuapwarren.com or www.youllmanifest.com. How did the Arecibo dish fend uh, throughout the uh, throughout the uh, hurricane? Well, you know, the Arecibo dish was damaged. Uh, a lot of the panels were destroyed, mm-hmm. and uh, for those who may not be so familiar, you know, the Arecibo dish is the largest radio satellite dish. Uh, second to the new one that was just built in China. Uh, And people may have seen this uh, in the movie Contact with Jodie Foster or or the 007 movie Goldeneye. Um, But what a lot of folks do not realize is that when that dish was originally built, it was built just to be a passive receiver of faint signals from the cosmos. But that role changed um, uh, I would say about 15 years ago, because it became an official outpost of the HARP project. And of course, HARP is an acronym. It stands for the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, which is really based in Alaska. But the idea is that the U.S. government, particularly the Navy, Uh, DARPA and the University of Alaska have been working together to send, to broadcast incredible amounts of power onto very small areas of the ionosphere in order to affect communication, but also to possibly create something like Tesla's death ray, because if you supercharge a section of the environment, it's got to discharge, uh, just like a big lightning bolt. And so there's a lot of conspiracy around that. And in fact, I went to, well, I've, I've been to the Arecibo Observatory many, many times. They now call it uh, Observatory and uh, Ionospheric Research Center. I've been there many, many times and talked to staff members. And sometimes I think the staff members get a little too comfortable and tell me things that they aren't officially supposed to tell me. And um, on one occasion, there was this lady who was uh, giggling because she said that when they crank up the um, the transmission, which can be well over um, 600,000 watts, just focused on a very small area of the ionosphere, like two to six inches of diameter, that if a bird happens to fly over, it just sort of explodes. And so she said that they don't have to fix their own Thanksgiving dinner anymore. They just stand around the dish. Um, so it's a true death ray. And and the activity here that I was mentioning regarding um, an uptick in UFOs, USOs, and these things that I call O-UFOs. O-USOs? Yeah, that's been strong around the, the, the dish. OUFOs being organic UFOs. In other words, UFOs that look like they may not just be nuts and bolts structures, huh. um, but they actually may be a blend of what we consider organic and inorganic. And uh, I, I tell you, Rob, if... Um, if you and your listeners have never seen uh, this Homeland Security footage that was shot here uh, several years ago, I, you've got to go to YouTube and type in OUFOs and watch this video report that I put out that includes this Homeland Security footage from Aguadilla, which is on the northwestern corner of the island, and uh, it shows one of these sort of shape-shifting objects that I consider an OUFO flying all around the airport there, completely dismissing any security measures. They had to ground all the flights. This object, it has, again, a weird shape-shifting appearance. It's traveling 120 miles per hour. Um, After circling the airport a few times, it slips into the ocean almost seamlessly where it continues to travel 90 miles per hour under the surface. It dips in and out a few times and then emerges from the ocean, joined by a second object, 
um, those two objects fly around for a while before they both disappear together into the ocean right near the Puerto Rico Trench, which is the deepest point in the Atlantic Ocean, almost 30,000 feet deep. Now, that footage has been analyzed and uh, scrutinized and thoroughly documented and verified and validated uh, on a number of occasions. In fact, a group of mainstream scientists produced a 162-page detailed report validating that footage. And so the point is we have some things here that look like uh, your traditional UFO. Right. We have some things that are like those traditional UFOs that go in and out of the water, and we call them USOs. Mm -hmm. But then you have stuff like this that blurs the line, and a lot of those things are not too far from the Arecibo Observatory. Now, what year was this in? Um, 2014. Now, during that time, prior to that time, or after that time, were there any strange weather anomalies like you, uh, like might have been connected to the same phenomena that was connected to the, the coming uh, hurricane? Um, there was really nothing major around right. that time from a, a weather standpoint. Uh, and so I couldn't say that that in particular would be a harbinger because that kind of almost seemed like a typical day in Puerto Rico. Um, uh, but what we found since then, since the, the hurricane hit mm -hmm. is, is different because we're now seeing these things, not just sort of flying around as if they're behaving independently, but also at spots where active military, um, actions are happening and FEMA actions are happening. So for example, um, as I mentioned on my website, if you, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll find a photograph that my friend who is a native here, who is a paranormal investigator named Ellis took. And you'll find that, uh, there is this one area that has so much activity around this lagoon. It's called the UFO lagoon. And there's an airstrip near there that is supposed not supposed to exist, okay, but it does. And um, there are lots of quote unquote secret bases around here, and and, and I say that in quotes because it's everybody knows they they exist. Um, and so he likes to sit around with these big long telephoto lenses and take pictures at some of these airstrips and stuff. And so he has this photograph at this airstrip near the UFO lagoon showing a some type of a you know, traditional airplane sitting there. And then a few seconds later, there is this weird object in the background that looks, it's, it's a sort of a tall, dark object with some appendages on either side. <laughs> and what I find fascinating is if you compare that to some of the other photographs, like one I have there from 2012, taken by a scientist named Louis Imot over a herd of cattle, you'll see a similar looking object that, you know, again, it's, it's, it's sort of black. It's got these appendages. Right. And, uh, and I want to make it very clear to everyone that, you know, I have been doing this kind of work professionally for over 25 years now. And I go out all the time with different kinds of cameras and I take pictures of birds and insects and rain and snow and dust. Uh, and, these types of images that I'm presenting here, I do not believe can be explained by any of those things. Is it possible that what you are experiencing, witnessing, as well as the other people in Puerto Rico are witnessing, are military experiments? Oh, there's no doubt there's experimentation going on here. And I think all of this is related to that because, you know, it's a lot of folks do not realize, Rob, that... Um, you know, over the past 500 years, all the major world powers have fought over this little island that's 100 miles by 35 miles. Mm -hmm. the, the, the English, the French, the Dutch, the, obviously the Spanish, the Americans are just the latest ones. And the Americans have done experiments here with eugenics. Uh, sterilizing Puerto Rican women. And oh mind you, gosh. all these people are American citizens here. That's right. 
And uh, they have done experiments with uh, bringing all kinds of invasive species over here, like monkeys that they inject with diseases oh, that they radiate. And some of those monkeys escaped. And we, and this is, I know it sounds like a bad plot to a sci-fi movie, but we have these roving bands of monkeys on the island that are now diseased pests, and they bring in snipers to kill them from time to time. Um, you have got places like Vieques, which is off the east coast of the island, where there have been all kinds of bombing experiments done, even though this is an area that's fairly residential, where a lot of people live. Uh, and I mean, I'm telling you, I could go on and on about the experiments that are done here, and that is one of the reasons that Puerto Rico has value to the U.S. government, because they can do experiments here and get away with them that could never be done uh, anywhere near a U.S. state. And so it's not surprising that uh, there would be a connection between um, the military, some of the strange things people witness, mm -hmm. and the idea of experimentation. All right, stand by, Joshua. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, for sharing this valuable information with us. ExoNation, our guest is Joshua P. Warren. Visit his websites. Go there. Look. Take your time. www.joshuapwarren.com That's joshuapwarren.com as well as youwillmanifest.com. That's www.youwillmanifest.com. Joshua and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, 
they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. back everyone uh don't forget this coming friday morning at one minute past midnight the x chronicles will be released the new edition of the x chronicles and you'll be able to get your download your copy or read it online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com joshua p warren is our special guest this hour welcome back and uh, Joshua, thanks very much for joining us, and please continue this amazing list that you've been kind enough to uh, amass for us. Well, well, thank you so much. Uh, it's a little overwhelming, and you know, I was mentioning that the the indigenous people here on, mm-hmm. on the island of Puerto Rico, when Columbus found the place, were the Taínos, and they used to hang out during hurricanes for shelter in this series of gigantic, dramatic caverns called the Kamui Caverns, which these days. Um, are a a park and only accessible during business hours. And I talked to this man who was actually one of many people that I talked to, but his story in particular struck me because he lived so close or lives so close. His name is Juan Carlos, and he said that he, he had lived there next to the caverns for almost 20 years and that for the two nights preceding Hurricane Maria, Everybody in the community was surprised because they would hear dogs barking at night and they would go outside and the dogs were barking because off in the distance near the caverns, you could hear this collective sound of moaning and grieving and all of these sort of eerie sounds that would sort of make, as he put it, the hair stand up on your arms. And... The people in that community who knew there was no explanation for this suffered a lot of devastation. Uh, most of those homes were destroyed. Some people died. Um, so that would be, of course, an example of a harbinger of doom, just hearing this sound emerge from those caverns. On the other hand, I talked to this lady named Walinda who lives in a town called Ormigueros, which is about a 10-minute drive from where I am right now. And she told me a story that really blew my mind because here in Puerto Rico, when a a big storm is about to hit, and by the way, in, in Spanish, they call them tormentas, so that tells you a lot about the experience. The governor requires all alcohol sales to be banned 24 hours in advance. So that kind of forces everybody to go home and get their, their, their let's say, battening down the hatches done and that sort of thing. And so people are very aware of what's happening on their property. And in some cases, the power already starts going out ahead of these things. So Walinda was at her home in Ormigueros about 8.30 p.m., so it's nice and dark, and she mm-hmm. looked outside and she saw something big and white. And she walked out and was surprised to find a woman standing there in her yard. Now, this woman had dark skin, but she was wearing a white hood and kind of a white cloak. Very out of place. And so Walinda goes walking up to this woman, and the woman just literally vanished in the blink of an eye. Now, of course, this freaked her out, and she told all of her friends, and nobody else had seen such a thing. And Walinda's house was unscathed, even though many of the homes around hers were destroyed. Now, when she told me this, here's the kicker, Rob. She didn't even know a story that I knew about her town. In 1604, right there in Ormigueros, there was an eight-year-old girl named Maria Montserrat who disappeared for two weeks. So the whole community searched desperately for her. And when they uh, finally found her, it was a big surprise because they heard some kind of like whispering 
or a tune or something like that nearby in the woods. And she was sitting in a big hole at the base of this big tree called the Saba tree. And everybody was sort of laughing and crying to find her. And they said, what happened to you? And she, she said that she'd gotten lost, but that every night a beautiful woman dressed in white with skin the color of coffee would come and give her food and care and the community considers her an angel, and that incident today among historians is known as the miracle of Ormigeros. So what are the chances that an incident that happened here associated with that hurricane would have a, in my opinion, direct connection to something that happened in 1604? That also kind of gives wow. you goosebumps. It's, it certainly does. It certainly does. So I've got plenty of other stories. Uh, how many minutes do we have till our next break? We have here? about uh, five minutes. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, in that case, here's another one I'll tell you. Now, this is an unfortunate one. Um, in 1840, mm -hmm. there was this old plantation, uh, a sugar mill hacienda near San Juan, the capital here, where slaves were worked really hard. And uh, from everything I've read, they said, oh, you know, the master would ring a bell throughout the day to signify when it was time to wake up, to eat, to sleep, etc. Mm -hmm. And for decades since then, um, even after that bell was long gone, people in that community have supposedly heard that bell ringing in the night just before something tragic happened. So we're talking about not just a hurricane, but also the death of a family member or a fire, something like that. So I went to this town and uh, and I talked to many of the people in, in the community because the story's always been that, well, these are the spirits of the slaves exacting revenge. Right. And I traveled around to these little uh, sort of local restaurant bars called Chinchoros. And that's the best place to go to just walk in and talk to, you know, various random people. And again and again, I was told that for at least uh, two or three nights, depending on who you talk to, all around that community, people swore that they could hear the shrill sound of this bell. Now, mind you, that bell does not exist, but they could hear that bell. And once again, this is one of those places that suffered uh, more than the rest of the island. We're talking about uh, houses being completely uh, obliterated, people dying, and uh, this is, again, one of those things we would think of as a harbinger of doom. And these kinds of sort of spiritually oriented tales about what happened before and during the hurricane are quite pronounced. But since the hurricane has ended, there has been a huge uptick here in sightings of UFOs and USOs and often in conjunction with the government workers that are here, the people with FEMA. And there are a lot of conspiracy theories about why that might be. And uh, one, of course, is that, well, the underground bases that are here in Puerto Rico, which people have talked about for many, many years, are an often, uh, they're often considered military bases. There have been a lot of experiments done here over the years uh, of every kind you can imagine. And it's possible that if indeed, as many people believe, some of the folks in these underground bases are working with whatever these UFOs are, that um, they're taking advantage of this opportunity when the island is being reconstructed to renovate some of these bases as well. And that gets into a whole other arena of strange things that people have been reporting. Now, with these, with these increase of UFO activity and uh, USO activity, is there any correlation between these sightings and sightings that may also have happened along the coast of Florida or any of their other islands to, to validate these claims or their trajectory or possible point of entry or possible point of exit? Well, you know, the so-called Bermuda Triangle is this area between Florida and Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and the island of Bermuda. 
But what makes Puerto Rico so special is that it is a U.S. territory, but it's not a state. And so the laws here are very ambiguous, and there is very little accountability regarding what happens here. And so the activity with UFOs and USOs here has been so much more extensive that it's, it's difficult to compare it to any other place. And, and by the way, before we hit this break, I, for anybody listening who wants to see a potential picture of some of the stuff that's going on, like the Gargula, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, there's no period after the P. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a picture that supposedly shows the Gargula. I don't know if it's real or not. Right. And some other pictures of weird things from this area. All right, uh, that is at www.joshuapwarren.com. Have there been more sightings or any more loss of aircraft, ships, or people within the Bermuda Triangle in the last 10 years? There have not been any uh, sort of disappearances along the lines of what people think of. Yeah. Because there's a misconception that you have more disappearances here than other places. That's not true. If you want to get a, a, a license to send a merchant ship through this area, you don't need an insurance policy that costs more than anywhere else. I see. What makes it special is that when the disappearances do occur, they are extremely sudden and freaky. So the disappearances have not been as pronounced for, for years now. Um, All right, so sta stand by, please. We've got to take stuff. our break. We'll be back on the other side with more of Joshua P. Warren. And once again, if you'd like more information on Joshua, visit his website. www.joshuapwarren.com or www.youwillmanifest.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. One of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 934-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce and for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. 
The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio Welcome to the X-Zone A place where fact is fiction And fiction is reality Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell And welcome to the x everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the x It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the x comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the x Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV and our new Facebook group site at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV. And for all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365, just visit us at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Joshua P. Warren. He is an investigator who pioneers the amazing relationship between mind, energy, matter, and strange phenomenon. He owns the Asheville Mystery Museum and Laboratory in North Carolina and the Bermuda Triangle Research Base in Puerto Rico. The author of 20 best-selling books, including Use Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, and The Wishing Machine Workbook. He has appeared on numerous TV programs, History, Discovery, Nat Geo, Animal Planet, Sci-Fi, and the list goes on and on and on, because this guy is the real thing. Now, for the first time since uh, Hurricane Maria ravaged Puerto Rico, Josh will will be giving us a live report from the island, including a plethora of breaking, weird stories surrounding the event that you've never heard before. And and, uh, he's going to unveil a new system he's developed to help you hack reality by matching your personality type with a method that works for you. His website's www.joshuapwarren.com and www.youwillmanifest.com. Joining me now from Puerto Rico is Joshua P. Warren. And Joshua, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be back with you and this uh, vast, wonderful audience, Rob. I have to ask you, uh, what's it like in Puerto Rico? We've heard all the uh, all the media reports, but tell us, from a credible yeah, well, person like yourself, what's it like there? Sure. I'm joining you right now from Bocaron, Puerto Rico, which is on the southwestern point of the island. Mm-hmm. So it's about as far away from San Juan as you can get. So I'm really out here among the uh, what they call the real Puerto Rico. And uh, to give it a little context, I've been coming here to this island for about 12 or 13 years doing research. For the past five years, mm-hmm. I've been here quite a bit uh, directing the Bermuda Triangle Research Center. I left uh, just weeks before the hurricanes hit because last September, two hurricanes hit this island, including the most devastating hurricane in recorded history, 
Hurricane Maria. Yeah. And I just returned earlier this month. So that said, what I can tell you is when I arrived here, I was actually impressed because the island looks much better than I expected. And I guess that's, uh, well, for one thing, it's been five months. Uh, also, the people here have worked really hard, and I, I know, obviously, the media emphasized a lot of the uh, destruction right when it happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, right off the bat, I can tell you that uh, most of the businesses that were here before are open and seem to be thriving. Uh, there are lots of people bustling around all over the place. Uh, the biggest issues are still regard the fickle power system. Uh, many of the traffic lights are out. You see a lot of power poles that are down and splintered and power lines drooped on the side of the road. A lot of the road signs are gone or bent up. Um, here at my condo, um, my power goes out every few days for several hours. I still don't have regular internet or cable, so I'm joining you via hotspots. But the land is beautiful, and there's a lot of promise here for recovery. It, however... When the hurricane season starts again, if this place get, gets hammered one more time, it's really going to be bad. You know, my wife and I have had the pleasure of going to uh, Puerto Rico a number of times, and I must tell you that the people in Puerto Rico are some of the hardest pe working people that we've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and they are the nicest people that we have ever met. Uh, we spent uh, Christmas Day in Puerto Rico a number of years ago, and I'll tell you something. Over the many years traveling, over the many years, you know, having Christmas holidays spent with family, friends, and so on, it was the nicest Christmas we ever spent. Well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I could not live here, especially mm -hmm. as a guy who doesn't even speak Spanish that well, if the people were not so genuinely, sincerely yeah. friendly. And uh, there's a warmth here that's, that's surprising. In fact, when my wife Lauren and I first came here, sometimes people were so nice, we were taken aback. We were like, oh, does this person want something from us? <laughs> yes. you know? and, and it turns out, no, they're, they're just like that here. And so there's a great spirit on this island. And and, you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, Rob, there are lots of people in the media who are talking about uh, the hardships yes. that have befallen this island. But because of my field, I realized very quickly, talking to so many of my friends around the island and now exploring the island over the past month, there are a lot of amazing things that happened before, during, and since this hurricane of a paranormal nature that nobody is talking about, of course, in the mainstream media. This hasn't even been brought back to the English-speaking world for the most part, and so that's why I'm so happy to be able to share it with you and your audience tonight. Can you, uh, can you share with us what those paranormal events are that, that haven't been reported? Yeah, I, I've got a list here, which is really, I think, uh, sort of chilling. It, it, when I look at these stories, it gives me goosebumps. But but let me point out that I was raised in, uh, as you mentioned out, the Carolinas. Yeah. And growing up, I was always fascinated by the story of the gray man. The gray man is a ghost who appears on the coast of the Carolinas, especially around this one island in South Carolina called Pauley's Island, uh, just before a hurricane uh, occurs. Uh, the gray man, he is often seen as kind of a wispy figure uh, wandering the beach. In other cases, he walks right up to somebody's door. Mm -hmm. uh, and this has been going on since the early 1800s. We did not have uh, uh, weather radar that could detect hurricanes until the 1960s. So if you saw the gray man in the early 1800s, it was a valuable warning. Um, nobody's sure who he was. They claimed that he was a guy who died due to some hurricane conditions. He got stuck in basically some quicksand. But he would be what we would think of as a harbinger. And a harbinger, of course, is something that manifests just before something major uh, like this hurricane occurs. So what I'm about to go down here uh, is a list of, of different types of harbingers. And some of these I would consider harbingers of doom, meaning if you see them, you better get your affairs in order. And others are actually considered kind of a blessing. Like, for example, the gray man would be sort of a, a warning that would give you a heads up to, to get out of town. So, um, of course, I'm sure plenty of people on, on your show, Rob, have talked about Mothman sure. over the years. Yep. 
They sure have. And and Mothman is sort of considered a harbinger because he appeared in West Virginia before the collapse of the Silver Bridge, which uh, killed 46 people, I think. And so there is a version of Mothman here in Puerto Rico that I think is even scarier called the Gargula. Uh, now, the Gargula is about six feet tall with a face like a Doberman pincher, big, huge, black, leathery bat wings and kind of uh, in a hunched stance and can be seen flying around as well as walking on the ground in this area called Guanica. Now, I want to make it very clear uh, and I am happy to put my hand on a stack of Bibles and tell you that I have personally talked to five different active duty police officers who have seen this creature. They have even gone out into the brush with flashlights and guns trying to hunt this thing down. This is not a joke. Um, this is a creature that has been seen off and on here for, I would say, about uh, eight years and usually the Gargula, for whatever reason, uh, only appears around November, December. But as it turns out, there was a big flap of Gargula sightings in late August, very uncharacteristic, just before this incident hit. And, and they call it the Gargula because that's the Spanish word for gargoyle. So that's one thing I'll point out just because it's so reminiscent of what happened with Mothman. Another thing that stuck out uh, for me is that there is this big series of extremely dramatic, impressive caves uh, on the north side of the island. It's called the Kamui Caves or the Kamui Caverns. And the ancient people, the Taino people, the indigenous folks who were here when Columbus arrived, they would go to these caves and they would seek shelter when these hurricanes were going to come in. All right, we're going to have to have a little bit of a of a cliffhanger here, my friend. Jeez. No, no, no pun intended there. But we've got to take our break. We'll be right back. And Joshua, always great uh, hearing you. And thank you so much for coming to us live from uh, Puerto Rico tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I, I look forward to giving you the rest of the story. <laughs> All right, we'll be back on the other side of this break. Joshua P. Warren is our guest this hour, Exonation, joshuapwarren.com and www.youwillmanifest.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? 
Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.